Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believing Vikings, we're back after a couple weeks off. Training camp is right around the bend. Four days from now, perhaps three days from the time you're listening to this. Rookies report on July 23rd with veterans and everybody else showing up to Egan on July 25th. So we're going to dive into that, go over a couple things that we're most looking forward to for that. Maybe touch on the quarterback documentary that debuted on Netflix about a week ago now. That's on the docket for Believe in Vikings. I am Dustin Baker. We'll be here with Bryant McKinney, Ron Saw, and Sal Spice. Foremost, however, betonline.ag is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all of your wagers, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games and card games. Available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use this promo code BLEAV, believe, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ba boom, we are back. Believe in Vikings. We have training camp that occurs in four days. Rookies report on Sunday. Everybody else, veterans, coaches, the Tuesday thereafter. And we're going to go through some of the training camp stuff, some of the items we're looking forward to. But I know Sally hasn't joined yet, nor has she had a chance to watch the Netflix documentary. But Ron, I'm guessing you have, or at least watched some of it. You want to walk us through some of your knee-jerk reactions to that phenomenal series? Yeah, no, I actually did. I finished it last night, so I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was well done um, on all accounts. Um, you know, to to trace Mahomes' cousins and Mariota's season um kind of i don't know if it was intentional or it just worked out that way kind of three quarterbacks at three completely different stages one obviously being arguably the best quarterback in the league um another one who is a steady solid quarterback um who's guaranteed to be a starter but his future is kind of in up in the air and then Mariota, who is kind of on that revitalize revitalization path so it's kind of cool how that worked out but I think, you know, as from the Vikings standpoint, as a Vikings fan, I don't know how you can watch that and come away with it not having more respect for Kirk Cousins than you already do, uh, because he just comes across such a likable guy. Um, <clears throat> you know, he everything that we we see him as on, you know, Sundays and as this dad, as this very quirky, nerdy guy, that's exactly what he is. He's a normal guy, just happens to be you know, one of the, you know, top 32 uh, quarterbacks in the world. So, um, I mean, I I thought it was great insight um, just from the day-to-day aspect of it and how he balances personal life with, uh, with football and, um, you know, seeing him at Barnes and Nobles and like, stuff like that is just, again, it's everything you think about him, that's what he is. So um, I thought it was well done and um, I think it'll be worth, watch uh next in season two as well there's something so damn compelling about sports documentaries and i think it's just along the lines with why i watch them in general but anytime i turn on a 30 for 30 just for the heck of it even if it's like cycling i'm like oh boy this is this is a good story here and there's something majestic about how they tell the story brian did you get a chance to check out quarterback on netflix at all i didn't no, not <laughs> so yet. Is, you guys yeah 
trying to fill yeah. me in on it. Yeah, I, I think you would appreciate it. It pretty much just chronicles Mahomes, Cousins, and Mariota through one season. And as Ron described, the the elite, the decent, and the, the kind of the backup who was getting a shot at QB1 in Atlanta. And yeah, it's eight episodes. So uh, I think especially playing for the Vikings for a decade, uh, you would enjoy the Vikings aspect of it. It was pretty cool. You'll have to check it out. Okay. And Brian, I was going to ask, uh, because obviously I know you were a part of the 30 for 30 on the U um, and those documentaries, mm-hmm. but the the way those were laid out was a little different because obviously they weren't following you around as a player mm-hmm. and kind of going through it that way. But I'm assuming as you got into the NFL, like probably even in your Super Bowl run with the Ravens, where that probably was more, you probably had cameras out there that were documenting certain things um for whether it be for nfl films films or something like that mm-hmm. but what is it from a player standpoint as whether you're looking back like you did with the you documentaries looking back at how things were done versus as it's happening in the present and trying to balance the work that you have to do on the field versus the the show that is um like how do you balance that as a player um the show that it is it's a lot of b-roll that they just capture um so you just kind of move around into your everyday life and they capture like a lot of behind the scenes things and you're mic'd up. It's just more natural. It's more like a reality show. And then they sit down and interview. There is the interview segment of where you're being sit down and being interviewed and ask questions. So I don't feel like it's too much of a, uh, a stress or a distraction. How quickly do you forget that the cameras are there or that you're mic'd up? Like if you or a teammate was yeah, mic'd up. Like everybody forgets they're mic'd up sometimes and they have to remind okay. each other or like, are you mic'd up? Like, and that's even just on the sidelines of games. Like, or you'll warn people and say, hey, I'm mic'd up because you don't want anybody saying anything out of the way because people are here. So, yeah, yeah. You can forget sometimes you're mic'd up, and a lot of times you're on high alert when you're mic'd up. Depends on the person. Okay. My favorite part, and this is real in-depth, Ron, about documentary, was like a single revelation that in the playoff game, had they gone down and tied it, they would have went for the win. And what mm-hmm. a portly set of testicles you have to have to go for two to win a playoff game um i guess in the moment it wouldn't have surprised me and i even contemplated it i think i, I turned to my pal yannick uh eckhart from germany uh who's sitting right next to me i was like god if they score here they're gonna go for two and i think we just kind of went nah now we're at home you can go for it but it seems well, i think like- that i wasn't i was in the feeling that because I, I was at that game too and i was like you have to go for it this defense can't stop them like art like our defense couldn't stop them at all. So I'm like, you can't, you have to let our offense determine it. So to hear Kirk say that, and yeah, give mm-hmm. that definitive answer. Uh, you have to believe that that was being talked about by KOC and Kirk. So I like that. The fact that, you know what, we're not going to let a coin toss. We're not going to let our defense determine this at all. It's we're going to go and take it into our hands. So even like when it comes back to, you know, it, in that where they showed that one play where it was the, was it the third and one or even though the fourth and one on a quarterback sneak and they got it, but there was a false start. And like, so they were showing that they were going to be aggressive early on. Um, but to kind of hear it like from, you know, the man himself, uh, you know, that I guess it's good to look forward to um, in the coming years with KOC as the play caller. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's, 
So in Mike Zimmer's defense, down the stretch of his career, I'd say from 2019 until 2021, so three seasons, he did get more aggressive for his. He used to go for on fourth down. It's like a light bulb clicked sometime around 2019 where he's like, you know what, damn it, we're going to go for this more often. Probably didn't trust the kicker either. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that helped. Um, But I think with KOC, it it doesn't have to be somebody yanking him aside saying, hey, we got to be more aggressive. I think because he's a quarterback, you know, he just said, you know what, baby? We're just going to do this. So, yeah, for hopefully a decade or more to come, this will be the M.O. for Vikings football. All right, let's get into some training camp. We're still working on uh, Sal Spice to join us. We shall see if that comes through. Uh, but, Ron, I will start with you. Um, not sure. Are you going to make it out to one or two sessions? Or when does that... training camp start again? Uh, for rookies on Sunday, for everybody else next Tuesday. Oh, this Sunday coming up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the okay. like the Jets and stuff like that. Maybe the was it Raiders? There's a couple teams that have already reported, and so yeah, I think it's safe to say the off season is over, and uh, the the right, it is pretty much yep. it's over. Yep, and so now that 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 six seven eight months you referred to in the past, Brian, is going to smack them right in the face. Yep. <laughs> All right, Ron, uh, are you going to a couple training event session, training camp sessions, or not? Uh, nothing planned as of yet, but I guess as uh, the schedule. It kind of gets closer and, you know, as leeway happens at work, if uh, if it works out timing wise, I'd love to make it out there because I haven't even been to the, the facilities as of yet. So um, are you planning on going? Because, I mean, if you are, then I could always try to, um, to I mean, I live not too far from there. So, it's... yeah, my my son and I, it's my wife's birthday week. And then her mom's coming to town. But I believe my son and I are going to get there for the first night practice, which is August 3rd. Um, those are to me always have the best environment. And plus I hate the hot. I've said that a couple of times on this show. And so if I can get to the night practice, usually that one's a little tapered down and there's two of them this year. So that one tentatively, I got to book the tickets and confirm with my wife and her schedule. But yeah, I think we're going to try to make that one. Um, all right, cool. We can probably coordinate that, but give me, we got time. We're going to go for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes here, the rest of the way. What's one of the things that you're most looking forward to seeing at training camp, whether it's a storyline or a player? Honestly, it's I want to see how the defense um, that the, the aggressive nature that it's supposed to be, um, or that you know the Brian Flores types. I want to see how, regardless of the personnel that's out there, I just want to see schematically how it's going to fit, um, and especially seeing that against. Um, you know, our offense, because our offense is, you know, one of the top in the league. Um, just, you know, when you have Jefferson out there adding Addison, KJ as a th- as the third guy, TJ Hawkinson, like they're going to be a problem for people. So to see our defense and just schematically how they would balance, you know, the best wide receiver in the league and, you know, an overall good offense, um, that'll be exciting to watch. And then the other part is just watching the young guys, um, the, the draft class from last year, Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth, uh, Caleb Evans, and then the new guys this year and seeing how, how they make splash plays. Um, you know, I like, I'd like to think that, um, this is an opportunity for a lot of those young secondary guys, especially where there's outside of Byron Murphy, it's pretty open. And I'd like to think that they would take it upon themselves as a, pride factor to, Hey, I'm going to go out there and try to earn my spot. And I want to see, you know, the cream rise to the top. I don't want it to be like, Oh, this guy sucks. So we're going to find our new Duke Shelley because the top three guys aren't getting it done. We're going to find that next guy. I want to see someone come out and win a battle and not get a job because someone else lost it. 
So I will piggyback on that right away. But first, a little NFC North news. Denzel Mims was traded to the Lions. Uh, my counterpart at Purple PTSD just text messaged me. So they get a playmaker over in Detroit. Hello, Sally. Welcome. Sally. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? Not bad. We're crackalacking hey, already in the thick of the training camp talk. How how's your last couple of weeks been? Um, good. I just was on the phone running my mouth and then I looked at the clock and it was um eight thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. And then I've had technical difficulties since then. Oh, so it happens. thanks for your patience. No, it's all good. Um, my last few weeks, they've been good. I um am back in school working on my bachelor's degree and um summer semester. So summer semester ends tomorrow. So just been very, very busy. And so busy that you couldn't watch Kirko's Big Knock documentary, correct? Have not been able to watch it yet. No, I just have not had had the time to watch any TV. Oh, did you go to that premiere? Um, no. No, I see. I wanted to go, obviously, but um, it didn't even start until like 8.30. Sure. Right. So I, no one else wanted to go. Um <laughs> You guys chat for a second. I can figure out my audio. It's oh, my abs- first time. Absolutely. All right. So uh, Ron talked about the defense and schematically how it kind of aligns with Brian Flores uh, looking for training camp storylines. And we're both going to try to possibly me, me about 90% Ron, uh, maybe try to hit the first uh, night session of training camp, which I believe is August 3rd. So to piggyback on that, Ron, um, I've been saying on multiple platforms what I'm most excited about in this training camp is to figure out if Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen are really going to arrive and be the players they were drafted to be. Uh, A, it's very important for the lifeblood of the 2023 defense, in my opinion, because if those guys are no good, it's like, all right, well, I guess Josh Metellus has to be the guy and a Caleb Evans or Jawan Williams has to step up. It'll just make life easy if the first rounder and second rounder from last year play like first rounders and second rounders on the whole. Secondarily, we're going to figure out if Quasi Dafamitsa can draft worth a damn uh, because they both were seemingly redshirted last year because of injuries. So if we get to training camp and preseason and we start hearing fodder about, well, scenes, I mean, he's probably not going to start. It's going to be Cameron Bynum again. We're going to be like, what the hell? This guy's a first rounder. You, you could have had Kyle Hamilton. Uh, so I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's going to trend that way. But the thing that I'll be watching with the most keen interest is how quickly, hopefully at all, Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen start to get a whiff of first team reps or at least snaps in general. Sally, is your audio figured out? Or are you still monkeying? Nope. <laughs> all right. What about, uh, let's see. I already know Brian's generalized feeling on training camp. Uh, it's not fun. Uh, I, I even asked him, I, I said, is there anything fun about it a couple of weeks ago? And he said, nope. And you, and I think, I believe you said when the first preseason game rolls around, that's when it starts to feel actual fun again. Yeah, when you get again, when you get a chance to go against other people besides the same guys you see day in and day out at training camp. So like, you know, if they, if they have a scrimmage against, you know, or practice against another team, that's exciting because you got to get to take out like some of your skills and frustration on new, you know, on new energy and new people. That's fun. Like how Kansas City used to come to us. You kind of enjoy those days because it gave you this chance to go against a different competition. Um, and then when you get into preseason games, you're pretty much now kind of in the game week. So now you're actually going to start getting days off. So I look forward to that. 
So now, obviously, Brent, when you were here with the Vikings, um, we were down in Mankato and like obviously getting everything off site going down there. And I think with Baltimore, you were near the facility, just not like I, your normal team facility. Is that correct? Yeah, we had the team facility. Oh, you were. OK, so then kind of like how we had that like it is now with the Vikings at a TCO. Is there like obviously I'm sure it's nice to just live your normal life, sleep in your own bed and roll into your normal work facility and then go to training camp. But were there any benefits, whether it be team building or just the be able to isolate yourself and get away and actually focus on the job at hand? Like, is there one that either you liked better or you feel like you got more out of? I will say um, being away is really about just you, your team, and the coaches because that's all That's all you see day in and day out. Where when I was with Baltimore, you get to go home at night. So you get to go home at night, still so be around your family. Um, I don't know how some guys felt about that, you know, because, you know, you can have kids or people that keep you up late night during training camp, and that can be a little tiring. Like, you know, when you go home, by the time you finish training camp, you kind of just want to go to bed, but, you know, everybody's back there and hasn't seen you all day too. So I don't know, maybe in some um, situations it's beneficial to kind of be away and kind of reacclimate yourself to all the banging, you know, on a gridiron. And then, you know, after you get used to that feeling, being able to go back, you know, home, and then you're used to it by then. So I think it has some kind of benefits. Sally, I think you got your audio straight straightened out. Hey, hey, I'm back. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm back. Uh, all right, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't think you've changed this opinion, training camp is one of your favorite times of year, correct? I do love training camp um, mm-hmm. because it just gets you back in the spirit of football season. You know, it'll be two days before I'm going to training camp and I'll be like, oh, God, we didn't have enough time away from this. Mm-hmm. This is too soon. And then I'll be mm-hmm. there and I'm just like, oh, my God, can't wait. Can't <laughs> right. wait. Amen. Um, uh, I asked Ron yeah. one of the the big either storylines or players or something he's looking forward to, and he talked about the defense. I followed up talking about ho- the hopeful emergence of Lewis Cena and Andrew Booth. What do you got for something that you're going to be watching with a careful eye? Well, I agree with with the defense as well. I mean, especially um, with you know the new the new helm um, at the, as the defensive coordinator. It's going to be really interesting to start to see how that shapes. And I want to see what that secondary is going to look like. I think there's there's to watch that are going to be entertaining for those of us that do attend. Um, and you love to see that competitiveness. But I I don't know. I want to see what the offense, what's going on with the offense too. The wide receivers should uh, be putting on a show. Amen, because, you know, we we probably should have drafted a defensive player according to roster need, but they said to hell with that. We're going to replace Adam Thielen with a 21-year-old from USC and Jordan Addison. So I think I think generally, for the, speaking for the Vikings community, for certain, we want to see if this usual good luck when Vikings draft wide receivers continues, uh, because really the only notable strikeout we've had in the last 20 years was, you know, Laquan Treadwell. Other than that, they usually find somebody like Diggs or Thielen rises the ranks. And of course, Jefferson, how could, how on earth could you trade Stefan Diggs and just walk into Justin Jefferson? It continues to make me smile and mm-hmm. never, never lament the, the Diggs trade. All right. What do you all, what else, what are you, what else are you watching Ron for training camp? So the other thing that I'm looking forward to is it's, it feels like it's the first off season 
in a long time that we don't have to hear about installing a new offense or, you know, like it's not um, like a new offensive coordinator, new coach, whatever. It's second year continuity. And that I think that comes with like, you know, following up with the documentary with Kirk Cousins, it's, there's that continuity where it took a few weeks for him to understand or he, where he even said it took time to digest the plays that were going on and the terminology with that's another, you know, <laughs> that is a random, um, and I'm sure Brian's familiar with just all the random uh, phrases that you need to know. But um, I think this is the, really the first time in Kirk's career that he's going year to in the year one into year two with the same offense or the same offensive scheme. And I think that is huge. Um, I think there's so many uh, benefits that a lot of quarterbacks around the league get just from that, having that knowledge, having that time to digest, you have 17 or 18 games under your belt playing in it. And really the only change to the offense minus, I guess, Dalvin cook, not here, but Madison was on this team it's Addison. That's the only one. And outside of that, everyone, all the starters are returning. So um, seeing that getting Hawkinson a full off season with this offense, it's that to me is, is going to be intriguing to see too, because it should look like a well-oiled machine sooner than, than later, because, and if not, then I think then that's where we could start to question some things, but, um, but it'll be, I think it'll be a, a positive. Bryant, how much does continuity matter, whether it is the coaching, the play calling, or in your case, having the same five guys up front on the offensive line? Is it a big damn deal? It is. Because you already are familiar. I mean, even when I was at the University of Miami, we didn't want a new uh, head coach uh, after Bush Davis left going into my senior year because we knew the continuity and everything. Um, We understood everything, so we didn't want anything new changing and throwing us off. So the more you keep being able to just do the same thing over and over, you get better. You don't have to rethink or readjust any steps or nothing. So I feel like the this should be better this year, like having a second year under their belt. And to Ron's point, emphatically, that has been the slogan on offense because the offensive line last year certainly wasn't horrid, which we had grown used to. Um, but we got excited because it was decent and it really wasn't good, um, but it wouldn't rake like 29th the NFL. So, we, you know, we had a little mini parade for, hey, well, they're they're not horrible anymore. But the next step, especially with an offense first head coach, would to be to to get the offensive line to be actually really good. And I think their their big step this year was to preach continuity uh, because they re-signed Garrett Bradbury. And I mean, that was kind of the big hinge and they didn't, they didn't do anything with Ingram. They left him in place. So they're going to have the, the, I believe it's the same five guys wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> that will start for the first time since Bryant played for the Vikings. I don't remember having the same five continuity in during the Leslie Frazier era. I don't think so because the, the roulette wheel that was, you know, TJ Clemmings, uh, <laughs> You know, all these guys, Dakota Dozier at that time. Like, yeah, I can't recall it. Um, at least we didn't have enough five good enough guys that could do it. Uh, maybe when Matt Khalil was here for a little bit, there might have been from left to right. But it, if anything, it wasn't uh, didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think most of this is a testament to nailing the corner or the, the bookends and Brian O'Neill from the 2018 NFL draft and then our guy Christian Derisaw. Two of the best tackles in the sport, 
bada bing, you've got those. And then you just kind of hope for the best in the middle of the line. It's a very weird dynamic that we're a little iffy about the offensive line, but we also employ two pro bowl or soon to be pro bowl tackles. That's very weird. We should just be like, Oh no, that's fine. But we still have that apprehension because of being burned over and over at, at guard in particular. And then in Garrett Bradbury's case, the first couple of years of his career, the next thing that I'm looking forward to at camp is to see how Ivan Pace Jr. and Andre Carter the second how they play because we were told that the the undrafted free agency was going to be you know a fun circumstance because a few of these guys should have got drafted and then the Vikings kind of stole the show and they grabbed both of these guys at handsome price tags for UDFAs and it seems like a foregone conclusion that these guys are good enough based on the way the coaches have already talked that they're going to make the 53-man roster. And so I want to know inside the Flores defense, do they have enough oomph to actually get playing time? Or are they just going to kind of be like Luigi Villain last year who hung out and didn't really play all that much until it was garbage time in the final season? Or, you know, because the linebacking core isn't... You know, crazy good. Kendricks is gone. So it's Jordan Hicks and Brian Austin Moss. So there's a theory that Ivan Pace could get in the mix and do some damage. Sally, what else you got on your radar for training camp? Um, sorry, I've been on mute because I have two scavengers behind me, mm-hmm. um, which is what happens when you didn't prepare to be on time to the show. I, I mean, honestly, I'm just excited to get back and to see everybody and be a TCO. Um, you, you and I were texting about night practice earlier. I love a uh, busy happy hour night practice. Um, what is that? August 6th. Um, can't, yeah, just, just the whole scene. And they always have so much fun stuff set up there. Um, not excited to see a couple people, but you know how that goes. <laughs> The couple people I could wait a little bit longer to see. Um, take your guesses. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just generally, then we got preseason, you know, and it's it's just right back to regular life then. So. Generally speaking, um, training camp, preseason, and then springboard into the Buccaneers game. Are you stoked about you know Kevin O'Connell's second year, or are you nervous? that the Vegas forecasts are going to be right. And it's some eight and nine bullshit. Well, you know, me eight and nine, um, is my worst is my worst fear. That's what I hate. <laughs> so it's what I hate more than anything is the mediocre thing year after year after year. Um, I think that that's probably a, um, accurate prediction. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, I think, that obviously there are some games on there that are going to be difficult. I mean, Kansas city comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Eagles come to mind, but there's difficult games every year. Right. However, I don't buy it with everyone else that thinks this, this division is just crap. I think that the two of them bears and lions are trending upwards. And I think that the Packers are a huge unknown Everyone wants to say that they're going to be absolutely terrible. And I don't think we have enough information to say that yet. So I don't think they can count on their divisional record being as good as it was uh, last year, possibly. So you don't really in your bones right now think they're going to win the division. You think it's an eight, nine ish. They better win the division. They better (laughs) win the division. Um, I think they will win the division, but I don't think they'll win a playoff game. It's I think it's going to be the same thing. So what will it take for you to get excited? Kind of like you started to get last year, like some real convincing wins, like, you know, by 17 points. Um, Because you felt this way last year, too. You were happy. You were kind of like, well, 
They still got Kirk. We'll see how they do. And then they won we, 13 games. We can't be greedy talking about 17-point wins, okay? That doesn't happen. <laughs> Don't. I, I'd be happy. I'm happy with like a seven-point win. It can even be a six or a three, really. Okay. I just... Um, I don't really care about that. It it and it was such a fun season last year. Like you looked at that team and you knew that wasn't a 13 and 4 team. I mean, yeah, on paper mm-hmm. they were, but you knew the roster didn't reflect that or, you know, it, certainly the stats didn't reflect that. It was fun, but you knew the kind of the writing was on the wall. Um I it would be a huge step up for them to win a playoff game, absolutely. And I hope that they can. Brian, when you have taken a look at the Packers, Lions, or Bears, do you still think that this division is the Vikings to lose, or do you live in fear of one of those teams taking the the crown away? I think it's the Vikings to lose. I think the Vikings Vikings may be in the best position to win uh, at those teams. I think the Detroit is still um, going upwards, though. Green Bay, I feel like the Green Bay has been at the helm for so long. <laughs> and I don't think that I don't think I don't see it for them this year. So I do think it'll be I think Detroit will try to make a run, but I think the Vikings still have it to to lose. I'm with Sally that the Packers are a total unknown, and I think she and I are two fees in a pod that we're not ready to write their obituary because anytime we start to do that, some shit happens and we're like, Oh, it turns out this Jordan Love guy's actually good. Go figure. So I've been I've been kind of trying to wrap my head around why in the, the odds makers have put them in third place and some. You're on mute. Oh, there you go. Now. No. Yep. On mute. No, no. Yeah. Did you get disconnected or something? Oh, oh man, the tech. Oh, there we go. No, that was, that was totally on me. I hit the, the, the button on the, little calibrator. Oh. Uh, so the last thing we got about five minutes, Ron, um, you have any other training wait. camp? Yeah. Wait, while we're talking about green Bay, I have an announcement <laughs> that is not going to be officially announced until like two days, but I'm going to talk about it here. I am hosting a, um, charter bus trip to green Bay for the game versus the Vikings. Really? Um, yep. We're going to have a party bus, um, bring your Uh-oh. own alcohol, bring your own drinks, going to leave um leave from roseville so anyone who wants to come i have a 20 percent off coupon for you and i will be posting the link and it's going to be super fun we're going to get there um tailgate and uh bring your cheese grater so <laughs> and when was the last time you were, you were at green bay sally um i believe it was the tie game in was that 2018 or oh, 19? yeah 2018 that was kirk's first trip there as a viking i believe that was hot as hell time. It was very hot. So this will be what, October 29th? Yeah, so it'll be right in the middle of hot and cold. Yep, it'll be, that's my favorite time to go. So yeah, I'm working with Rally Bus, and um, it's going to be fun. That is sweet. Yeah, so Ron, you going to be there? (laughs) Um, I will do my best to try. Um, I'm assuming it goes for the game and comes right back. Yeah, yeah. Which It sucks that it's a noon game because we have to leave at like 6.30. Fine, but um, and then it's kind of the best of both worlds because you don't got to spend any uh, unnecessary time in that hideous state. (laughs) Yeah, well, we can leave whenever we can leave whenever we want because it's fully set up to use as like a tailgate area. But I'm like, nobody wants to leave at four in the morning, so we get there at ten, 
30, that's good. Or, you know, so I can always switch it. And, but right now it's leaving at 630. Um, I, may, I may have to do that just because if it's a one day thing, like then, cause I'm not planning any away games this year because time constraints, yeah. um, vacation used, but if it's a day trip and, and I've ba- never been to Lambo, yeah. so. And based on the way that schedule is constructed, that might be a must win. Uh, because you will have the Eagles, Chiefs, and Chargers in the rear view, I believe. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say they'll probably go one and two in those games if they're lucky. And so by the time you're going up against the Packers at Lambeau, um, it just adds more intensity on top of the rivalry intensity because, uh, again, go just pull up the schedule, uh, the viewers and listeners. Yeah. It's not fun in the first couple months. The, the weird part of the schedule is that the Buccaneers – is no matter how you dice it is they're not a shitty team, but is, is the easiest game on the schedule. And then you go try to find easy schedules the rest of the way, easy games. And it's like, all right, well, maybe the bears won't be very good, or maybe the Falcons won't be very good, but those are all just hopeful. Maybes Ron in uh, 90 seconds or less. Got anything else you're looking forward to players, schematic storylines? Um, I mean, nothing specific, I guess. It's just, I just can't wait for football to be back. It's always the, um, you know, the most fun time of year. So the, yeah, really uh, outside of the defense and the, the continuity on the offense, that's really the main things I'm looking for. And I just want to see, see splash plays or like, I want to see players make plays that are supposed to. Yeah. The last thing that I'm looking for, uh, just, <laughs> I don't know if it's a lottery ticket. Um, I want to see if Jaron Hall looks the part because we're probably going to be chatting on this show in about nine, 10 months, eh, eight or nine months about needing a new quarterback, assuming Sally's prediction comes true and they don't win a playoff game. I don't think there's any way in hell they'd sign up with Kirk again if they're playoff winless in this season. And we're going to need a quarterback and it will help clear up the mystery a little bit. If Hall just looks like a dude, like just average fifth rounder, or if he goes out in the preseason training camp and you start hearing the chirps, well, this guy's pretty damn good. Cause in theory he could be on deck to start. It's a long shot. Um, but this is kind of like Kellen Mond all over again, uh, perhaps a little bit more mature of a passer in Hall because he's four years older than Mond was coming out of the draft. But guys, that is our time limit. When we, when we get back next Wednesday, we'll be talking about, let's see a day or two of training camp. Any final thoughts from anyone? Um, yes, I will be on time next week for <laughs> sure. And I will be at training camp on Tuesday for Ooh, sure. All right, so sweet. can get can get you a little recap. All right. We're going to count on it. All right, Bryant, Ron, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. And same for okay. you, Sally, who will be on time. <laughs> All right. Later. All right, good to see you guys. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.